Hello, new creation. It's Monday, July 19th, and we're going to look at Psalm 51. This is a beautiful and a powerful psalm. This is an on-my-knees prayer kind of psalm. The psalmist David is in agony over his sin against God, primarily is what he says, and Bathsheba and Uriah. Nathan the prophet has exposed David's sin, and this is the context. The psalm expresses the desire of all of us, though, who love God and want to be clean, whole, and free of pretense. Yet opening ourselves up with this degree of vulnerability, it can be frightening. Even though we understand that God already knows each of us intimately, it's still frightening. I love this psalm. I understand that repentance is a very unique privilege, and forgiveness is a deep gift that's available daily, even, to believers, well, to everyone. The psalmist begins with an appeal to God and his character of steadfast love and mercy. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love and abundant mercy. Steadfast love, unchanging, abundant, generous mercy. The words for forgiveness are pictorial, very active. Wash me, cleanse me, blot out all my iniquities. The psalmist says, I know my transgressions. My sin is ever before me. It's a burden. It's in my way. This conviction that our sin is ever before us, it's a mercy. It's the kindness of God. We're not left in our sins. We're called to repentance. There's a way forward. Until we as disciples of Christ repent of known sin, it's good that the sin is ever before us. This is the merciful discipline of God that we read about in Hebrews 12:11, which teaches that discipline always seems painful rather than pleasant at the time, but it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Repentance brings cleansing, which yields peace. And we've been learning about peace, shalom, which is much bigger than I ever imagined, that it's bringing all the pieces together. It's restoration, it's reconciliation, it's wholeness. I would also add, though, that if you've repented, you can trust God to forgive you. And yes, there can be remaining consequences. And we'll see this as we read about David's life. But if your sin remains ever before you after you've sincerely repented, then that may very well be the enemy is taunting you. And you can ask the Lord Jesus to rebuke the enemy as um, I think we read about in Jude Verse 6 of Psalm 51 says, You desire truth in my inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. What does it mean to be taught wisdom in our secret heart? This calls to mind that God's penetrating gaze searches the innermost resources of our hearts and our minds. And this is a comfort to me because I then have the assurance that God's cleansing is thorough and goes beyond my own self-knowledge or excuses or blindness or fear. 
Verse 10 is so beautiful. Create in me a clean heart and put a new and right spirit within me. The word create here is the same word as in Genesis 1. God isn't only cleansing us when we repent, but he's giving us a new clean heart and a right willing spirit. It says, do not cast me away from your presence. Cast here means fling. Do not fling me away. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. God's pleasure, we learn here, is not in sacrifice, but rather in the restoration of an intimate relationship with him. This psalm is is a prayer that shows us the way forward. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you for repentance. Thank you for a way forward. Thank you for clean hearts. Thank you that you know us intimately and you love us steadfastly and your mercy is abundant. In Jesus' name, amen.